Greetings, ladies and mentalgents, and welcome to the latest chapter of Oz Magica, taken from the subreddit HFY. All the relevant links are down below, and please like, comment, and subscribe like any good minion of the algorithm would do. And as always, I hope that you enjoy. Chapter 71 Kamiya's mind wondered as she stared behind him, running across the discrepant rope bridge towards another floating island closer towards the eye of the storm. The natural gentle breeze that had touched upon herself upon the island was slowly and steadily getting faster and sharper. She supposed that pretty soon that they would get into the territory that might actively start degrading all of their health, which was significantly bad, considering the two unconscious lightweights that had been hastily strapped upon the back of Dave. She brought her head quickly to the front of their traveling party to make sure that everyone was in good enough shape to keep fighting. Directly in front of her was Marwal, either conjuring or perhaps imbuing the very air with earth, making floating walls to impede the encroaching golems. Kamiya had to admit she didn't expect much from the little principling. Most oftentimes, any noble children that she dealt with didn't have much combat experience, unless they were perhaps in their fifties. At that point, their families deemed them to have enough of a basis of knowledge to actually focus on the combat that they'd want to partake in. From the information she'd gotten, Marwal hadn't exactly reached that age yet, so any form of combat she was getting would have been surprising. However, what shocked her the most was the sheer amount of competence that he was displaying. She knew that he was doing wasn't forms that had been practiced day in or day out. It wasn't even the hand-picked martial styles that had been worked to flow seamlessly together in a showy fashion. This was just raw creativity with the abilities that he had on hand to throw at his enemies. She wouldn't say that this form of combat would win against many high-leveled adventurers or even irregular combatants, but it would give him an extra ounce of survival against anybody that was significantly higher on the totem pole of power. The display was one of those more defensive builds that she'd seen. Becoming from any nobility, from all except the highest specialized vanguards, it was definitely something that would help him later in life, rather than the high-powered starts most started with at the social strata. Her brief introspection into the character was disregarded, however, when another one of the angry grey balls flew past her face, causing her slime to pull away from it instinctively. She shuddered a bit as she stared at the face of an unlikely comrade. Dave seemed to be full of surprises. She definitely knew that he was inherently flawed with how he forged himself, but it seemed that the sheer amount of skill he put to use in covering his weakness put it in any effort towards them to naught. Well, she wouldn't necessarily call it skill. At most, she'd word it as successful bumbling, but it was definitely a purposeful bumbling. However... Her fear of him grew immensely as he pulled out something antithetical towards her being within the first fight. She was thankful that he did, as it was what was able to actually damage the golem. But whatever it was, her affinity feared it immensely, and thus caused her somewhat liquid body to react to it. She was sure that it was pointed her way. She'd either be completely dead or severely harmed, even if the lightest amount would glance a frame. However... Her thoughts quickly shifted away from this particularly disturbing thought bearing through her conscience. She had to keep reminding herself to focus on the moment. 
The bridge underneath them creaked dangerously as they ran past. They had already made it almost all the way across it without any dangerous events happening. However, Carmia caught sight of something which spurred herself further into action. Guys, they're cutting! Marvel's ears perked up immediately at that declaration before scurrying across the bridge upon all fours, going faster than her and the other biped currently carrying what seemed to be many times his weight. Carmia's eyes couldn't leave the visage of the manic air elemental, its eyes gleaming with an unspoken glee at what it thought would occur. Despite the dynas of the situation, though, given that they still had their fair stretch to go, Dave couldn't help but laugh. Oh my god, they're trying the crafty vicious dog us! Okay, Carmia, can you hold on to these two? He gestured towards the two upon his shoulders. Carmia. Desperate for any kind of out, quickly nodded as she went out and touched them. However, a brief confusion swept through her body, unbidden of herself or any natural sensations. She looked behind her, to see that the blade of wind had managed to lodge itself into her body, the air slowly losing momentum which gave it solidity. I mean, I can grab onto them, but we need to. Kamiya's rebuke was cut off, as Dave stopped in front of her, her body suddenly finding itself atop his back, desperately gripping onto her other two carriers in a vice grip. The wooden rope bridge was not exactly all too wide, so if she was jostled too much, she feared that the sudden motion would have her falling into the abyss that she didn't want to experience. Her fear quickly rose in response to Dave's words cut through the louder sound of wind. Make sure to cushion them as much as you can. Confusion quite briefly, took up the entirety of her mind before a horrifying realization went through her mind as Dave began to spin. No, 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 you're not. Vault! Her objection summarily cut off as Dave yelled in effort, letting them go in his spin. Carmia's ah! scream seemed to die off as the wind got more violent as she rose into the air. Her voice grew raw, and with the rawness, rationality took hold of her as she realized that Dave had managed to actually aim somewhat with his spun throw. Her and her two charges were heading straight towards the other side of the bridge, and the island then in. From what she could see, the island was basically the same as the previous, except there were more trees, significantly more, as instead of flat ground, she was headed directly for that tree line of one. Hesitantly, she prepared herself, trying to harden her body as much as she could in response to lessen the impact. A brief flash of green and hitting the leaves were her only warning as she fell towards the earth. Trunks flew by her, and steeling herself, she grabbed both of her charges and formed a third hand, reaching over to quickly pass along the trunk. Her arm smacked into the tree with a heavy thunk, her fingers turning into claws, cutting ribbons of bark as she willed them to bite more into the tree's bark. Her motion changed direction, slowing down immensely from the resistance before her claws no longer felt purchase. A brief thought flowed through her mind, that being crap, before she fell into the ground, kicking up dirt, rocks, and perhaps a bit of sand as her path was outlined into the ground. Hesitantly, she slowly brought up her mirrors to find whether or not her health had gone down significantly, or any significant damage effects had befallen her, like a stab from a broken branch. Thankfully, there were no harmful effects being put upon her, 
and the only thing abnormal was that she could see was that she was running low where her stamina, but that had already been the case when the whole mess had started on this floor. She brought her eyes from in front of her back, reorienting her body to find two unconscious lawmen no worse for wear. However, a single detail caught her eye. The orc's tusks had snapped from the sudden jostling. She hissed in phantom pain as she gingerly picked up the two, or at least tried to. She was never one to put strength into her main aspects. Thankfully, at this point, Marwall had finally managed to get onto the island from the bridge, and his breakneck speed brought him directly towards her trail of destroyed earth, which lay somewhat to the side of the path through the island. With their combined effort, they had both managed to carry one upon their backs, with the orc onto hers and the fox upon his. Once they had both managed to situate themselves thoroughly, they both raced back towards the path. Feeling Phantom Wind nipping at their heels, neither of them could understand how Dave could handle all of this weight without falling over with how unbalanced he had made either of them. Is he still out there, Marwal? Carmia asked along the way. The demure Bast nodded his head quickly, struggling with the weight he carried in much the same manner as Carmia, pointing ahead with a free paw onto the somewhat path. Its road, having gone from standard dirt that they were used to, towards the irregularity of wood panels thrown across it haphazardly manner. Carmia pushed herself further, and once she reached the path, she oriented herself towards the bridge, just in time to hear another screech. This time, however, it was not an attack, but an exultation. The bridge's ropes had finally snapped. Carmia could see a brief look of panic come across the face of Dave, and this time, she was sure there was the emotion was. In her mind, no other emotion would have taken a hold of you finding yourself suddenly falling, especially since she felt it somewhat briefly before taking control of her fall earlier on. And as quick as a blink, Dave was gone, and the bridge had fallen below her field of view, along with wooden slats that were put into the bridge, bouncing off each other and him as they fell as well. The golem seemed to shriek in some kind of mirth as all followed downwards after the falling bide and the cacophony of wood. Quickly, Marwal ran to the edge of the island, his cargo left behind him on the earth, with Carmia following behind him at a somewhat slower pace, still carrying her load. Carmia managed to reach the edge in time to see the man fade into the clouds, desperately grabbing onto the bridge underneath him. Carmia strained her ears, trying to make out what was happening, but besides a faint scream becoming even fainter under the influence of the wind, there was nothing. Marwal collapsed beside her, hands on knees. She looked over towards him, beating for him. She may not know how deep their friendship was, but the ease at which the bast operated within the space of the bide wasn't something that could be taken for granted. She had heard how antisocial he was while in noble society. To be this close to him, where they trusted each other in combat and other matters she probably didn't know about. Well, she would just leave it there. She thought that it wasn't right to dwell on matters that simply didn't matter anymore. However, her thoughts changed as she began to hear a creaking from the bridge's poles. She looked down, finding the bridge gently swaying. At first... She had simply thought that it was the last remnants of the collision with the island, or maybe an errant wind from one of the golems. However, 
Her thoughts were proven wrong, as something came out of the clouds. Her eyes widened in shock, and she barely noticed that Marwal had as well. The bide was running along the wall, having grabbed a hold of one of the fallen bridged ropes, making it an almost quarter of the way above the clouds, before suddenly stopping in its movement. Carmium had worried that he had run out of steam. That the last-ditch effort of a dying man was for nothing. However, she realized he didn't run out of steam. He had pushed against the earth he was so valiantly climbing, now sharply heading towards the other direction, diving deep beneath the clouds once more. The bridge's poles were almost torn out of the side of the cliff with the action, as they strained to keep a hold of Dave's weight before they suddenly lost their tension. The rope, having violently followed through its motions, following an arc of a trail of cloud and soaring by it getting closer towards the edge before overtaking it entirely. Marwal and Carmia's eyes both shot up, trying to catch his motion, as they maybe catch him. However, they were worried for nothing, as the man had somehow maneuvered his way to fall on top of the island further in. They started running towards it, making it about halfway to his predicted landing site, and indeed... Dave had fallen in the exact trajectory that they had guessed, coming down in straight as an arrow, his body impacting the earth causing a crater to form around him. Thankfully, he did not fully go into the earth, as this island was bigger than the last and more hard-packed. And for that, Carmia was thankful. She didn't know exactly how much more Marwal had in him, but she was sure that he might be the last dregs after the mad dash of his use of it earlier on the bridge. When the dust cleared from the landing, the sight of Dave, alive and unharmed, came through. His knees bent and his arms out in a bow-like manner to steady himself. He almost looked ready to heave, but the words he let out assuaged their fears of sickness or pain on his Did you see that crap? I did a goddamn martial arts style mammal move. I didn't even expect that to work, but I thought with how I carried two bodies, I could carry myself, and I was right. Whoa! He whooped and hollered as he got out of his landing pose and began running around the immediate area, probably in some way to get rid of the nerves and remnant worries that would be within anyone in a similar situation. Garmia could tell the excitement clear in his voice and expression, and gently smiled, glad that someone didn't actively die under her watch. However, a concern made itself evident. Yeah, I get your excitement. Uh, where are the golems? Dave's face quickly flicked towards her before pointing downwards, expression being kept somewhat calm in its twitches. However, something didn't sit right in Carmia's gut when Dave began talking. They should be somewhat busy. Managed to make them believe I fell further down, although I don't know how long it'll keep them occupied. Carmia nodded, before handing over her load towards Dave, while Marwal ran back over to the spot he left the foxy brethren. Not letting Dave see him smile, nor the slight wetness still present in his eyes. All right, good. Uh, means we probably don't have to run for a while, her remark. However, correct it might have been, made Dave's face slightly pained as his mouth turned and a downward grimace. Nah, we still have to run. Kamiya twitched at his words, somewhat angry that he would get rid of her resting time. However, she thought that it would be prudent to get angry just because she was tired. Why? Kamiya questioned him. On my way down, uh, 
a lot more woke up beneath the island. Kamiya's eyes widened considerably before narrowing Dave's suspicion. How many more? Her words were laced with ire and trepidation before aimed squarely at Dave, his frame slightly shivering from her gaze. Uh, I think ten? Dave tentatively let out. Ten! After the hassle we had with four! Ugh! Kamiya screamed, wanting to pull out herself, but knowing that she would do more harm than good due to her low energy stalls. No, it's fine, don't worry. We just need to keep going. Take a left, a right, and then across the bridge in front of us. Dave explained before picking up the fox from Marwall, who had returned from his trip to get the load. Kamiya, however, was not having a quick explanation being thrown under her nose without following the inherent inquiry. How do you know about that? Kamiya's question put Dave off kilter in his steps. I have, um, mapping. And you haven't used it! Kamiya was understandably a bit disgruntled at this revelation. If she had known that he had some scout-related skills, she would have definitely asked about their current position sooner. He also put to question why exactly he didn't sense the immediate danger of the air golem when it happened. Look, before when we were in the caves, it basically just showed blackness the entire time. I didn't look at it recently, but for some reason it's actually working now. Now that I think on it, it might be because we're not surrounded on all sides. Kamiya thought over his words before dismissing herself of any suspicions that she had regarding the Bite's character. However, now that she knew about the possibility he had with that skill, she wanted to use it immediately. Okay, so you know the path, Kamiya questioned. Dave tilted his head, possibly considering the answer for a bit, before nodding at a question. Yeah, standard breakfast, good maze. Already found the right path while I was firing orbs of devastation. Kamiya was slightly confused at the weird wording that was being speaking in tongues with. And while the last obvious spell tugged at some of her innate curiosity, she quickly pushed it down in favor of the immediate survival. All right then, let's hurry. Kamiya's words, however, quiet that they were in comparison to everything else, was the last straw for both Marshall and Growl's unconscious states. Their groans alerted everyone that they were finally awake. However, the orc was the first to actually be alright enough to take notice of their surroundings. So, his crass manner was the first thing anyone beheld. Why am I being a bridal carried? End of chapter. Chapter 72. I ran. That was all that I could do right now. I tried to be as quiet as we crossed the new islands, passing by the same ever-growing landscape as before. However, every turn I made... Every bridge I crossed, and every path I walked upon was getting significantly harder to be quiet. It started off as simple enough, just a simple whistling. Or perhaps, it was more akin to beginning of a gale. Now that I think of it. Nevertheless, that's how it started. The wind wasn't really a problem to start with. Most of it was just a bit loud. It was definitely not as bad as when I fell off the cliff. However... If what was under the cliff was now how the winds naturally were within this floor, I actively dreaded how it would be when I, we had just travelled further into the centre. The screaming and cutting and slicing and piercing and bleeding still seemed to haunt my memories. The only ever more agonising now that perfect recall lets me feel the pain all over again. Not a good aspect for a particular ability of mine. However, I've got to admit... 
Even with the pain my body underwent, my mind really went into hyperdrive, activating inspiration. Who would have known that growth would just work on wood planks? And again, this is a dungeon. Basically everything here is alive in a sense. I also did not like what happened when it grew. It tried to form back into a tree. Emphasis, untried here. The wood had quivered before exploding into a veritable pulsing mass. It had also developed a mouth and eyes haphazardly across its frame. And the first thing it did was scream. Or at least, I think it did. It was really hard to tell with all the wind. However, it seemed enough to get the attention of the golems that were with me when I threw it below me and activated advanced stealth. Once they were far enough away, I once hit the cloud cover, I made a move and grabbed the rope, pulling off the sick combo. My mind still goes to that moment simply because I do not want to think upon what I actually caused to happen with my growth. My leading hypothesis is that it isn't exactly wood. It's just a dungeon material, and using the spell on something that was alive, in a different sense, I suppose, would just cause, for lack of a better term, cancerous tumors to form. Essentially, many dungeons that were confined to a singular object. Honestly, I do not know. I do not want to know. So I'm going to try and bury this memory as far as I can into the back of my mind. Best to focus on the positives, like managing to kung fu move without knowing actual kung fu. However, that also didn't distract me from the current moment. That being the fact that we were on the last bridge. This one, made of carved stone being a permanent fixture in between the previous island and what was ahead. Honestly, my mini-map does not give an eye the storm justice. On it, it was just a vague white and grey swirling blob that is looked from above. Here, directly in front of it, the winds almost causing my ears to bleed once more, and a titanic marble gate but being avoided entirely by it. There, you could see the inside, which contained an island that just had a field of flowers. There, in the middle of that field, was a freestanding door, and nearby it were two chests. That was the most definitely the exit, even if I couldn't make precise detail from this far out. Those probably had dungeon treasures, although I didn't really care too much about it. I look behind me, seeing our merry band struggling against the wind. My body may have been a buffer, but even with all the points I had in strength, I didn't exactly bulk up that much. Maybe my muscles had become denser, but they certainly did not grow in strength. Perhaps it was because I wasn't eating enough to enable their growth. No. Focus. Kami has almost fallen out of the marble's hands if you stop to ponder everything. If they may blast it off, you just keep going forwards. Then, finally, we pass through the gate, the wind dying immediately, the calm of the storm. Immediately, I had an overabundance of hearing. It was like the space was isolated from the sounds outside, because I could tell everyone was groaning as to collapse onto the floor. Without any wind to push against, it was almost like they had pushed themselves to the ground. How? My breath left me, and I joined them on the floor. I could hear a brief chuckle behind me as a slow, rolly rose before sounding like it came from directly above my head. You said it. 
The orc's gruff words came over my head as they passed my body onwards. I could hear the motion of everyone behind me, but the only one to pass by me and that I could see was the fox with his somewhat reddish paws that passed by my head. Steadily, I put my hands under myself before pushing myself onto my knees, allowing myself to finally see ahead of me. However, my gaze wandered off away from what lay ahead towards the two who had stopped in their tracks, simply scanning the doorway. You're looking at it quite strangely. Is it not normal for dungeons? My question seemed to have pulled the orc from his trance. While the fox continued staring at it, his face turned towards mine before his lips parted. A door? Well, I mean, doors are somewhat common, but it's just strange for it to shift from stairs to a door in the soon, the orc grumbled. That wasn't the whole story here. It couldn't be. Otherwise, the fox would not continue staring at it like it was stuck in place. I can feel unspoken thought there. The orc's face twisted in upon itself at my words, probably out of consternation. Quickly, he glanced towards the door before pushing his attention back towards me. Well, uh, it's because, uh, if I have to say it, I'm afraid it will be true. Ah, a superstition thing. Makes a bit of sense, I suppose. However... With the groans I could hear from behind me, and the memory of the golems that were still looking for us fresh in my mind, I could not let this lie. Let this important line of questioning simply stop here. Just say it. Can't get any worse than what we have right now. The orc's eyes widened considerably while his mouth went slightly ajar. It closed with a click, as his tusks collided with his teeth. I could see him mull something over before opening his mouth to... This isn't just one floor, it's a combined floor, the fox imparted, swiftly silencing whatever thought that the orc was willing to put out. Oh, uh, and that's not good, I take it. My response seemed to catch him off guard, before his maw belt out new thoughts. Oh, um, it could mean that the next door is a boss one, the fox's words rebounded inside myself, echoing in my thoughts. I raced to see what might be concerning them. When I realized exactly why they might have that uh, thought, the door was stylized, way more than what I had already seen. It was carved quite intricately, inlaid with many of the same type of runes that I could seen Marvel use previously. Its handle wasn't simply turn and push, but a model of metal, one that looked like a crowning wave, which an octopus was sitting upon. The material itself was quite unlike what a door should have too as it did not have the quality of wood, but more seemed like it made of black marble, giving off the feeling of being shiny, resilient, and steadfast. It took me a while before I realized something rather important. It wasn't feeling those emotions. They were being imparted onto me. Guess that means that emotional control has more use than just calming oneself. Now that I am looking at the door, I think I can see what you mean, I commented. However, my attention was now brought away from the door quite quickly when I noticed for the first time what the chests had been made out of. Gold. Those chests, you can open them if you like, but I wouldn't. I turned around, surprised at Kamiya's input. Her form had regained much of its stability from her fall, and I could tell that she was trying to shade herself in hues other than her natural red colouring. Why? 
the word left my lips almost unbidden. This is a young junction. It won't be allocated with much in terms of items. They most likely could be trapped, Garmir explained as she waved her hands through the air. Ah, I let out, slightly disappointed at the thoughts of no treasure being within them. However, my thoughts were interrupted as Carmia once again spoke. So, um, what do you think is next? I turned my head towards her, only to notice that she had started walking towards the orc. It makes sense that she doesn't talk to me concerning this, but it doesn't mean that I can't gleam any information regarding the conversation. Well, I hope that there is some sort of food later on. There should have been at least somewhat of a break for if this is a normal dungeon. We've been at this for quite a while, and I know that I'm... However, the orc's words were stopped as a familiar shriek was let out through the air. We all stood stock still, even if I couldn't have seen everybody. Why wouldn't we have in that brief moment of confusion and terror? However, that was all it was. A moment. Instantly, I turned towards the entrance along with everyone else. There, eyes glowing with pure hatred, hovered the fourteen golems pushing through the barrier of air with no sign of a struggle. Crap! My breath let out, almost at the exact time as the foxes. Instantly, everyone started going into action. The orc started to run towards the door. Carmia was brandishing herself as a weapon once more. Marvel had suffused his hands into dirt fists, and the fox got into a boxer's stance. However, the only one not doing anything was me. To be frank, I don't understand why they're so upset. The golems, while not being affected by the wind, were just slow. They would not get here in a while. Perhaps it was because the storm was draining their energy. Who's to say? We need to go now! The sudden shout of the orc brought me out of my introspection as I bored my head towards his direction, only catching sight of his leg passing through the door's threshold before it closed upon him. What? Just follow us, dammit! The fox bellowed. His stance dropped as he looked at each of us before running off. I went to ask why he thought this would not work out when the golems were obviously not as powerful near the storm. But my words died in my mouth as the fox opened the door. I did not get a good sight of what was behind the door before, but now with my head focused on it from the start to finish, I could not take my attention away from it. The doorway gave way to the same monochromatic space that filled the stairs. However, there was no sight of any sort of foothold through the door, and I was proven right as the fox slipped through. What stopped me from shouting after him was noticing that his frame passed through the threshold. It was like he was being erased. His frame either being completely hidden from view or being transported bit by bit as the muscles moved him to the way through, with the door shutting behind him. I turned towards Carmia and Marwell, both of them staring at the door as well. Should I be worried about that? The golems, they're being very slow. I think we can take them on. My words, while confident, did not feel connected to what I was thinking. Fear was not a thing that was going through my mind, but I wouldn't say that I was confident in what I was saying. We had trouble dealing with one of the golems, and now there were fourteen of them out to get us. I don't know. I feel like maybe we should be if they just ran to the first sight of trouble. We should probably go along with them. Garmia's words went through my mind, 
but I stared at Marwa. Throughout this whole debacle, I had not had the chance to figure out his thoughts. He stared at me before silently sighing and gesturing towards the door. If they were in agreement, it was only right to follow them. All right then, let's head on in. Don't want to leave those officers by themselves. My words seemed to spur on the two as they started heading towards the door. Our bodies passing through the various colored flowers of red, blue, and yellow hues. However, something was nagging at me. Nagging at me in the sense that there was something wrong with why they left so suddenly, so rapidly, when the golems themselves were coming at a snail's pace. So, I decided that I should probably activate inspiration. It would not do to miss something that was obvious. And then I knew. Oh! My words, while silent, did seem to catch the attention of Kamiya, even as Marwal had managed to reach the door in the center of the flower field. Oh, what? Kamiya's question rang out of my mind, bringing my mind to undeniable fact that I now know. The door won't stop them. At this, both Kamiya and Marwal stood and turned towards me, with Marwal's hand still upon the door. What? The door is not going to stop them chasing us! All at once, anxiety flares inside of me. Everything that I'd kept, every insecurity, fear, and memory of death flashes amidst the panic, lingering longer than they should before I outright pushed them out. I only managed to make myself breathe normally for about two seconds before I realized that Kami was talking. Okay, calm down. We're just going to go through. Maybe they can't. Go! My final words. My tone. Done. What? Take Marwal and go! My words spelt out from my throat, loud and direct. Kamiya is clearly blown away by them, and I wince as Marvel tugs at his ears. I'd briefly forgotten the pain that we had been subject to. However, before I can apologize to him, I notice that Kamiya has gently grasped his hands. Okay, I hope you know what you're doing. With that, she jumps in and pulls Marvel along with her. All the while, he's looking at me with judging eyes. I can only hope that what I'm about to do isn't something absolutely stupid. I turn around, just in time to see the golems pass through the, into the clearing, the eye of the storm. They almost seemed weak being here. But as they get closer, the wind that makes up their forms grows more and more violent, vast cuts putting through the, into the ground, and flowers being ground up and sprayed into the very air above. I know that I've already used inspiration. The AP that I have, however, wasn't full when I'd used it, so I'm left with a piece of information that I've never known before. Inspiration does not take half of the whole, but half of what is left. So, I pull the only thing that I do know is important, that being my new point values from the class. Mentally, clicking on them reveals a list that I haven't seen before. Skills, abilities, and perhaps spells of all sorts are listed alphabetically. So much so, that I have witnessed only an ease from scrolling through the options. This is where I get an advantage. This is how I will damage them when my magic and my skills are not enough. The only question is, how? So... As the air golems finally make their way past the circular field of flowers into the clearing of the door and the chests, I pray to whoever may be watching, whether that is an actual god or simply just a person who can help, that I have done the right thing. 
I activate inspiration as I look into the possibilities uncountable, and suddenly, the infinite becomes finite. End of chapter. The algorithm reckons you should be watching this video next, and I recommend that you should be always watching my video. So, click it, click With energy! And yes, clicking that does help the channel. Thank you very much. I just want to give a quick thanks to the tier 5 patrons and channel members. Alithia, Barky, Fudik Yol, Cam Maxwell, Caspar Onholtz, White Band 420, Lord Asrakal, Arcalian, and Oakfield.